Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already and ring the notification bell in the upper right-hand corner so you're notified each time a new episode goes live on YouTube. And with that, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. Hello, Nate. It's great to be here as always. And uh, what are we talking about today? What's, what's on the menu? What do we got? Well, today we're going to talk about Nintendo in 2023 there has been a lot of discussion in recent weeks about advanced wars possibly coming out this year nintendo potentially projecting 20 plus million forecasts of switch in the coming fiscal year and it felt like a good time to talk about what we predict may happen for the switch and nintendo in general in the coming calendar year as well as a bit of carryover for the fiscal year which would conclude in march of 2024 and nintendo is always ripe with surprise and you know people got off kind of expecting some surprise this year when we saw a vague reddit post asking people if they were primed and ready for nintendo Mm. in 2023 and you know with that I want to open with Nintendo Directs. That is the hot topic right now. January came and went. No Direct to be found, but there was never going to be a Direct in January. And as we know, history tends to repeat itself when it comes to Nintendo and Direct timing. And we are in February. There has been a February Direct for the last several years, and that trend will continue When this episode airs, the Direct will be just a few days away from being officially announced. So we are right on the precipice of the first Direct of 2023. But I want to talk about more how Nintendo is going to approach Directs for the coming year. As we've seen the report suggest, Nintendo will not be participating at E3 in June, which really just means they're not going to have a booth at the LA Convention Center. But traditionally, Nintendo does have a direct presentation in June that was adjacent to E3. And now it has a lot of speculation and talk going of, will Nintendo have a direct in June of this year? I want to open with your thoughts on that topic. I mean, that is a really good question. I mean, the the easy money is to say, yes, there will be. But there wasn't one last year, right? I mean... We were all expecting one in 2022 Mm -hmm. and, you know, it it kind of came and went and we didn't get anything other than a, uh, was it a partner showcase or an indie showcase? Yes, we had a partner showcase at the back end of the month. I mean, I would say yes, because I think that's, that's the most obvious answer, but you know, the, I guess the difficulty is um, what does Nintendo have kind of for the second half of the year after Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom? And, you know, it really just depends on what they have. You know, we've, we've heard some stories about they don't have really anything. What was it, the term heavy hitter? Actually, I don't know, I'm not even sure where that, that, that term came from. So maybe we shouldn't say heavy hitter because I believe just an outlet just kind of said that, said that term and was never really said anywhere else and it's kind of been picked up as as mm-hmm. like a bit of a buzzword or something but look 
I think that they probably will have a direct because they still have quite a lot of things that they want to show us this year. So I'm going to say yes, but what do you think though? Like, you know, last year we were expecting it and it didn't, didn't come and we're a little, I wouldn't say, you know, we were very surprised by it, but we were somewhat taken aback by it or surprised by it. But I, I think this year it's kind of going to be more about business as usual for Nintendo. And by that, I mean, you know, we'll have um, the February direct, we'll have the mid-year one and then kind of one, you know, towards September at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm expecting 2023, as far as a general tone goes for Nintendo, to be a transitional year. This is going to be where we see them slow things down. We're still going to have quality software releases throughout the year leading into 2024, but things are going to scale down a bit. Mm. In terms of big releases, as you mentioned, I believe the heavy hitter terminology was used by Chris Dring in a tweet, and it has been used now every time the topic comes up. Despite outlets like IGN having just used the terminology light year or light second half after Zelda. And that's significantly different because heavy hitter was Chris's own descriptor based on his opinion of what he believes to be a heavy release or a big release. And it really didn't have any means to accurately describe what a game would be outside of his own personal definition. Yeah. But in terms of directs in 2023, yes, we'll have the February direct, likely have an indie showcase. Typically, we do have one around GDC and PAX East, which share a week together this year in the final week of March. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see like an indie showcase take place around then. And then when we come to June, I approach this with a bit of hesitation I could see a partner showcase taking place again in June. Mm -hmm. But I think the February Direct is going to set the tone in terms of whether or not we get another general Direct in June. If the February Direct is meaningful and heavy Mm -hmm. with, you know, a magnitude of Nintendo software for 2023, then we really don't need that June general Direct. They can pivot to the partner showcase highlight third-party games coming out this year. And I think that'd be more than sufficient. We then go to September, where they typically have another general direct, usually adjacent to the Tokyo Game Show. And depending on what the holiday release is going to be, you'll still have two to three months of marketing time, which is more than ample for Nintendo during the Switch era. We don't need those year-long, even six-month-long marketing cycles. Right. Just this past September, we had Fire Emblem Engaged announced, and it came out in January. It's mm-hmm. only four months, a very tight schedule, but the title has released. It was well-received. And you can even look to prior years. Metroid Dread announced in June, launched in October. So that seems to be Nintendo's call in recent years is that they're holding titles close to their chest and they're doing limited marketing cycles. So right now in February, my prediction is that Nintendo is going to go with the general in February, a partner in June, Mm -hmm. and then return to the general in September. Yeah, I I agree with you. But you're right. 
anything well there, there could be a pivot here you know for, mm-hmm. for for june depending on what we see in february you're absolutely right like we yes. think that's probably what's going to happen but it's not set in stone by any any stretch yeah if the february direct airs and we don't see anything too meaningful from Nintendo's own teams beyond the month of September, then I would say the June window has a greater percentage of being a general direct because then Nintendo may want to use that time to give a little more detail and flesh out what's to come in 2023. So it really comes down to that first direct to set the tone of the coming directs for the year. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get an answer to that very soon. And, you know, maybe when we give our reactions to the first direct, we can come back and reevaluate our thoughts on the directs for the duration of 2023. But right now, as things stand, that's my expectation. It worked for them last year, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see a repeat. Yep, I agree. Now, I do want to talk about hardware, but not how some people may be thinking. I'm not talking about new hardware this year. You're talking about a limited edition <laughs> Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Nintendo Switch, which, come on, there has to be one, That's a right? given. There's, yeah. there's got to be one. An OLED model, there has to be one. Yeah, that's a given. Saw some of those leaked package photos dating back to January. Looks legitimate. Likely be announced in a February direct. Make it official, get people something excited. Likely would release towards the middle of April, because that's what we've seen Nintendo do with other limited edition models that come out about a month ahead of the actual game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 100% expecting something like that. But another thing I want to bring up with hardware is we've seen the reports out of Japan with Bloomberg and Nikkei suggesting that Nintendo is looking to ship 20 million plus units in the coming fiscal year. So that would be April 1st, 2023 to the conclusion of March, 2024. And for a system this late into the generation to have a forecast potentially of that magnitude is something that we have not seen in many, many years. And I'm going to operate that the report is true. Well, we won't know Nintendo's actual forecasts until May. Mm-hmm. But we're going to operate that it's true. In my opinion, the only way Nintendo is achieving those type of hardware numbers is if we see a price drop across the board of all Switch systems. Ooh. You think there's going to be a price drop? I, I think there has to be. I don't see yeah. how Nintendo can sell 20 million plus units if there is no price drop. I know... We have Tears of the Kingdom. We have yeah, the Mario gonna, movie. I was going to ask, do you not, you don't think Tears of the Kingdom plus whatever coincides with the Mario movie plus the continued strength of Mario Kart is going to be, and plus Pokemon, of course, is, is going to be, you know, I think that's going to be enough for them to, you know, to consider a price drop? I, I mean... A price drop does make sense if they want to hit that that amount, mm-hmm. but a part of me wonders whether they feel like they're just going to go for it because they they you know 
Zelda is is obviously a very strong title that's going to attract a lot of people. But do you think um, there's just no possible way they that they couldn't hit that number without a price drop? If we look just at this past year, sales were down in most regions, be it you know, 15%, 20%, sales were declining. And I know stock was an issue for mm-hmm. a part of the year. But when I look at like Tears of the Kingdom, as you mentioned, this is a sequel to Breath of the Wild, a title yeah. that sold 28 million copies on the Switch. How many people are there waiting on the sidelines to buy a Switch to play Tears of the Kingdom who currently don't own a Switch? Right. Now, I could see the case of a Switch launch owner perhaps saying, I'll buy an OLED model or even like the Zelda OLED model to play Tears of the Kingdom. And that's where I think a price drop would come into play is that you, yeah. if you reduce that price by $50, it now becomes more attractive where you'd say, you know what? I've had my launch Switch now for six years. I'd like to play Tears of the Kingdom in the best way possible in handheld mode. 350 was too rich for my taste. Mm-hmm. 299 with a trade-in, and now I'm getting it down, you know, let's just say two, 225. Yeah. Let's say you get $75 trade-ins. I don't know what the trade-in rates go for. All you know, that's appealing now. You get the light to come down to 150. It's a lot more, you know, yeah, appetizing. You come the price drop is would also pair well with like the Mario movie. You're going to have a new wave of kids who are going to see the movie who may not have a switch. And if you can come in with the light at a price of 150, I'll even go to 175 as a ceiling price. Parents will look at that and say, you know what? For that price, I'm willing to buy little Timmy and Jane this switch so they can play new new super mario brothers u deluxe or mario 3d world and bowser's fury Mm -hmm. you have to make it appealing and with the looming possibility of a recession and eggs being five to seven dollars and essentials going up in price a price drop is the smart move and in an era where we are seeing Sony and Microsoft raise the prices of their hardware in other regions, for yeah. Nintendo to do the opposite, it may be a gutsy move. I may be completely off base with this mm-hmm. prediction, but it's the only way I see Nintendo achieving such hardware sales in this coming fiscal year. Again, assuming the report is accurate. I um I think you you say a lot of things that make make sense. Um, I personally think that Nintendo is not going to drop the price. They're going to stick to what stick to their guns. Um, mm-hmm. and they're gonna I don't want to say roll the dice because that that makes it sound like it's a fifty fifty, um, you know, chance, right? But I, I think they probably feel like they have enough here. And look, we don't know what the rest of the year looks like as well. Um, we we don't really know, um, you know, anything beyond Tears of the Kingdom at this point. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like with with Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, um, they they feel like with everything else that they have going on this year, plus the Mario movie, that 
they're going to get there without without any type of price cut. But um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I don't really know the history of when Nintendo would price cut consoles in the past. And look, we can't really look at the Wii U uh, as as you know supporting evidence because the Wii U was its own thing. But I think that <laughs> Nintendo is is you know they have three. Well, they have two SKUs, right? Um, and you know, there's obviously a, a, a big enough price difference between the two where you can just pick the one you want. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's not going to change. But, hey, look, you're very you're very right in that they could easily just drop the price, you know, when the Mario movie comes out. They could easily do that. They could easily take even $25 off the price, you know. Um, yeah. And, 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 and maybe have some type of bundle uh, deal as mm-hmm. well. Uh, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of merit to what you say there. I mean, that's also one way they could do it is they could disguise the price drop by introducing yep. a new standard bundle where let's just say come April, the start of the new fiscal year, the Mario movies out, all switches come with new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. And they'll say a $60 value. And that disguises the price drop by keeping the sticker price the same, but you get a free game. Yes. They're profiting more on that bundle or they're going to get extra sales on that bundle. You think you're getting a deal. Oh, yeah. And Nintendo's sitting there saying, hey, we're making making money. They've done that before as well. I mean, they did it with the Mm -hmm. uh, the 2DS, with the Mario bundle, um, the Mario Kart bundle, I mean. They... (laughs) I hate to say this, but even the the Wii Mini, they had that Mario Kart oh, bundle where they bundled God. the Wii Mini and a copy of Mario Kart. It's a genius <laughs> move, a genius move, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they could they could easily look at that again and yeah, um, you know, offer some type of bundle. A lot of a lot of maneuverability. Absolutely, I mean, they they have a lot of legacy titles with Mario in the title, where you know even Mario Odyssey a game that came out way back in 2017. Yes, it's still selling, but, you know, now you're going to get new interest in the title. Bundle it, right. you know, two for one type of thing, and you profit from it. So I'll be interested as to see how Nintendo does approach the hardware plans in the calendar year as well as the fiscal year, again, assuming the 20 million figure is accurate. Now, it's not a Nintendo Predictions episode if we don't talk about NSO. And NSO just recently got its big release with GoldenEye. We also know a few other games coming to the NSO expansion pack service this the first half of this year, where we have Pokemon Stadium, 1080 Snowboarding. But one thing we have not had in months is NES and Super NES games. They have not had new additions since July. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've added some Genesis games here and there, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen any. Yeah, you're right. We haven't seen any uh, Super NES or NES games on the service so, for a while. So the base tier subscribers really haven't been getting much for their $20 a year. And this brings up the question, is it time for Nintendo to bring new platforms to NSO and 
Game Boy and mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance emulation, it leaked when yep. the Sloop emulator became public knowledge, and the work on that is complete. Game Boy and Game Boy Advance is ready for NSO going on just about two years now. Yeah. It's just I mean, a those, question of when's Nintendo going to do it. Right. Those timestamps were, I think they went back to 2021. So yeah, it's been mm-hmm. about two years. Uh, look, I think um, NSO is it's probably, out of all the predictions, I think it's the hardest thing to predict. I mean, obviously we know there's more N64 games coming. Mm-hmm. As far as NES and Super NES, you would think that they're going to continue to kind of drip feed us with with more games there. I mean, there's still games in the Super NES library that are still not available yet. Yes, I know Super Mario RPG and Chrono Trigger. There's probably <laughs> there's probably good reasons why they don't exist on the service right now, um, which we have no idea about. Probably licensing related type things, but there mm-hmm. are still other games that that um, are very good on both both systems that still haven't appeared yet, right? So, yeah, I think, the can, you know, there will be some small, you know, trickles of, of those those titles that come in. But you're right. What, what do you offer? What's compelling to the base user that is, you know, subscribed to NSO that doesn't have N64 and the premium? And Game Boy makes the most amount of sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could easily just drop that in. Um, you know, oh, with on. fourteen, yeah, with fourteen curated games, and be done with it. We've talked about Game Boy um, coming lot. in the past, <laughs> yes, and I think it's one of those situations, just like other projects and other things Nintendo has that they have this up their sleeve, and it's really about when they feel like the right time to um, mm-hmm. give it to us is. And look. It's easier to say hindsight is twenty twenty because we have talked about this before, and we, you know, we had some confidence that we felt like uh, Game Boy was coming to the NSO, and then for whatever reason, it was like a bit of a pivot. At least it felt like that to me, where they just turned around and gave us N sixty four first, mm-hmm. and and clearly, I mean, let's be clear, when they dropped N sixty four, it was nowhere near complete. It was, but you remember this? It was buggy. It was a mess. There was lighting issues, there was fog issues, there was input delay. It was just, it was all over the place. And, uh, I mean, look, they ended up fixing it, and the service is actually is very good. I'm very happy with it. But yeah. going back to Game Boy, I think for whatever reason, they they flipped the script back then when, when they announced N64 because we felt like the Game Boy was next. So what does that mean for Game Boy in 2023? Well, I think it's probably going to, kind of come out at some point this year. I think we will see Game Boy come to the NSO this year. Um, it makes sense. And I, I think it will be a part of just the base NSO mm-hmm. uh, subscription. You don't need the premium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that kind of makes a lot of sense to me. And see, that's the wild thing with the Game Boy emulation is that Game Boy finished testing before N64. Yeah, mm-hmm. N64 launched and Game Boy is still on the shelf. And as we talked about last year and even the year before, is that there could be a reason that Nintendo has waited to bring Game Boy to the service. And last year I discussed this a little bit where there is evidence and there was testing, but within the code of the expansion pack 
or the N64 NSO service itself, it shows support for the transfer pack. Mm -hmm. Now, the transfer pack was used only by a handful of games, but among those games were Pokemon Stadium, which will be coming to NSO in the first half of 2023. Right. Now, the whole appeal of Pokemon Stadium was to play Pokemon on your Game Boy, transfer them into Pokemon Stadium, see them in 3D for the first time, and to battle them. The game loses a bit of its appeal without that functionality. So last year had speculated that that could potentially be the reason Nintendo has been waiting. We know Pokemon has Pokemon Day towards the end of February. What What would be a better announcement than Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow coming to NSO with transfer pack functionality for mm-hmm. Pokemon Stadium on N64 NSO. Yeah, pretty big, pretty big uh, announcement. And it Huge. could happen. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, I think it's a fun prediction to make. It would fit Nintendo's theme and trend to make it an event. And as you said, at Game Boy for the base tier, it's NES yep. and Super NES is getting minimal support at this stage. If I were a base tier subscriber of $20, I'd be kind of saying you're not fulfilling your end of the bargain. Right. I understand $20 a year is cheap, but the promise was Super NES and NES games, and I'm not getting them. Mm-hmm. July is the last time you got an update. July. Yeah. That is not. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're going to get something. I think we're going to get something. Now, whether or not it would come in February, I wouldn't make that prediction at this point. It could easily be, you know, a September edition when NSO yeah, continues its I, evolution. Honestly, but, I, I think it will probably be later this year um, when we hear about NSO updates. Mm. I, I think they'll just continue to give us N64 games until then and then be like, We've added Game Boy to the the base <laughs> tier. Yeah, because I, mean, I believe we just got a batch of Genesis games back in December. Mm-hmm. That one's a little more infrequent than N64. N64 had been up to the last few months, had been one monthly, and then it missed September. Yes. We got a double dose in November, missed yep. December, got GoldenEye in January, so we could potentially be back on track for a release, one release each month, or at least every other month at this point. It's impossible to tell when Nintendo will drop these games on their service because there is no rhyme or reason to how they handle NSO. But now I want to talk about some of the initiatives we could see Nintendo potentially introduce in 2023. And my prediction is Nintendo is going to revitalize and bring back the player's choice or now known as Nintendo selects range of products for Nintendo switch. And we will see a variety of older switch games dating back to 2017 titles like Splatoon two arms, one, two switch games that are quality, but no longer selling enter the Nintendo selects brand, get a price reduction to, Man, Player's Choice used to be like $20. I don't recall what the Wii was. I don't remember either. I 
it was was it thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine? Twenty nine ninety nine. I'm sure someone okay. in the in the comments will will let us know. I thought it was thirty, but could have been could have been more than that, of course. So I'm expecting Nintendo to bring that back for the Nintendo Switch in twenty twenty three. We're in that final yep. window of the generation, and that's typically when we see Nintendo introduce such initiatives. And right now, it feels the time is right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they've done this before. It's very successful for them. They're going to do it again, and it'll be more successful this time around. But I think that makes a lot of sense. Bring back some of the old classics that, you're right, are are very good games that just, you know, aren't selling anymore because they're just so old. Uh, I think bring them back again for another go-around. I think that's that's a smart move. Well, they're old, and they're also still priced at $60. And, like, I'm a big fan of ARMS, but I know there's a lot of people out there who would not buy arms for sixty dollars in twenty twenty three. You may so I've twenty nine ninety nine. I've never played arms because I never wanted to pay sixty dollars for it. But I will tell you this: if it was um, available for thirty or twenty, I'd probably pick it up. You do it. Damn right. It's a good game. No one. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. good things. I heard it's a good game. It is. I probably put in about a hundred hours into arms. Ooh, a lot. But then people stopped playing it online. Online competition became very hard to come by and yeah. I had to put it aside and move on to other games. It was a sad day. Unfortunately, arms didn't have any legs. <laughs> <laughs> you think yeah. they'll put Link's Awakening in that bundle as well? That would be a good addition. I'd like to think they did. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... It doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the gaming blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. There's a there's a lot of games from the Switch backlog that would suit Nintendo Selects well at this stage. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm just thinking about some of those older games, and I mean, Link's Awakening mm. isn't like that old. It's 2019 um, hey. compared to like Arms, but I, I think <laughs> I could see that as a as one of those games, a select. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when we look at back at like the GameCube, I think was it? Did you have to sell X amount of copies to become player select, or was that player's choice on the N64? Ooh. I think it was player's choice on the N64. Because you got like the 1 million seller sticker and the yeah. 5 million seller sticker. Right. We just outed ourselves as old. <laughs> we remember those days. Didn't looking anything. at the box. I know, be like, I know yeah. I'm old. There's nothing to out. <laughs> I know I'm old. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so now the, the fun part. Software. We know the first half 
or Nintendo has officially outlined some of the first half mm-hmm. of 2023, where we have Kirby coming out later this month. March then has Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. April is very suspiciously vacant of a release. And then in May, we have The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So that makes up Nintendo's 2023 right now. We also have Pikmin 4, which is just dated 2023. We then have Advanced Wars, which has had some mobilization on a few fronts in recent weeks. And then we have Metroid Prime 4 with its TBA designation. So let's start with Advanced Wars. Yeah. The game is coming out. Yeah, it seems like it is, right? Like there's a lot of smoke around that game all of a sudden and, you know, it's popping up on, on various places again and it's being talked about. It seems like Advance Wars, for whatever reason, is is uh, is going to make a return pretty much a year later, you know, because it was supposed to come out last April. And I don't know, you know, if you're implying as much, Nate, but I feel like Advance Wars is probably the the April game that we don't know about yet. April probably because I I don't know. April feels like a good window to re slot advance wars. Mm -hmm. You obviously you would announce and redate it at the February direct, give it time to build up pre-orders a little more attention. So there's some excitement around the release. I've seen the rumors online that, a Walmart employee claimed to see signage in the back room that had a standee that said available now on February 10th, but it's just very convenient in the era of cell phones with high resolution cameras that this individual <laughs> just didn't have a camera on them to take a picture right. of the sign. Right. So I'm not putting too much credence into that claim. I'd love for it to, you know, shadow drop next week, but you'd have a lot of movement from other distributors, Amazon, yeah, any online retailer who has taken pre-orders where all of a sudden it'd be saying, your order is getting ready to ship. So you would know that the game's coming out long before Nintendo would even have time to date it. So I'm think, not putting too much on that one. I think the interesting question for me, and it's just a curiosity more than anything, is mm. if we, you buy a physical of Advance Wars and it has mm. 2022 on the back cover rather than 2023, <laughs> because there was... There was all these rumors going around that the physicals were printed and basically mm-hmm. in some warehouse awaiting um, shipment, which never came, of course, because they delayed the game. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, was that just conjecture and speculation? And indeed, you know, they they never did that and they are actually making, you know, 2023 uh, physical products. Or, I mean, another option is they could have just destroyed the old batch they had and, and reprinted them. I mean, that's certainly something they could have done. But I am curious. I mean, look, that is probably one of the most interesting and fascinating stories in video games because at a high level or at, at a surface level, it just feels like Nintendo, you know, just delayed the game due to the outbreak in the Ukraine and Russia, um, which is, you know, what what they did. But Behind the scenes, I feel like there's been so many things that have happened that we just aren't privy to. But look, Mm -hmm. I think April is the month that we will see Advance Wars. And look, we talked about this a year ago, but um, I'm it's it's one of those games where I'm I'm very much 
wanting to play. So hopefully it'll 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 be here uh, in April. We'll we hear about it at the direct, and um, we can finally get our hands on this game. We've been waiting like literally years to play. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It was originally slated for December 2021. It was delayed for extra polish. Mm-hmm. Dated for April, right before the game is gearing up for release. The war in the Ukraine came about, and Nintendo delayed it. And now we're coming up on a year since that delay, and the game is positioned to release this year. It's just going to be a question of when in 2023. Will the game release? But it will release this year. April yeah. seems to be a good spot for it. We will find out very soon if that is indeed the release month. Right. Now, let's bring up Metroid. Because at this point, Metroid Prime, at least, feels like in a joke. Nintendo just refuses to announce this game. Metroid Prime 1 Remastered, Remake, whatever designation you want to assign it, finished development in mid to late 2021. It seemed as though it was going to come out in 2022. It cost Jeff Grubb his hair. (laughs) And... Poor Jeff. (laughs) Surely 2023 is the year this game will release. And... Why Why wouldn't it? The game's right. has finished development. It has to come out. But I think there's another reason the game has to come out this year. And that reason is Metroid Prime 4. My prediction for 2023 mm-hmm. is that we see Metroid Prime 4. We will see a trailer. And Prime 4 will release in the coming fiscal year so it will release before the conclusion of march 2024 okay well hold that thought so what about prime one then i would slot that in summer 2023 so do you believe that the only reason why Prime One has still yet to come out is because there's a dependency on Prime Four being close to being finished. And last year was clearly not the right time. Is that accurate to say that? I feel like they're waiting. They want to, when they show Prime One to date it for release and reveal it, is they want to do it in tandem with Prime Four. But due to 2017 of when they announced Prime 4 and then had to completely restart development a couple of years later, I think that was kind of an embarrassing moment for Nintendo. And they don't want to discuss they don't want to discuss Prime 4 again until they know they can hit the internal release date with yeah. no delay. So I think they want everything set in stone before we see either of these games. And I feel like 2023 is going to be the year that Prime 4 finishes development, has the possibility of releasing in the coming fiscal year, and that's why they have held back Prime 1, so they can have them side-by-side, dual marketing in terms of announcements, 
and then Prime 1 comes to market, gets people interested in the Prime franchise, mm-hmm. and then we'll say six to eight months later, Prime 4 is available. We've been burnt so many times with Prime, Prime 4. <laughs> I, I have no confidence in, in if it's going to come out this fiscal, sorry, uh, next fiscal, I should say, um, 2023. I mean, look, the more time goes on, in theory, the closer we should be getting to a release. So mm-hmm. you, could, you could definitely put the case down that, yes, you know, next fiscal um, makes a lot of sense. But the, the difficulty in, in really committing to that, at least for me, is we just don't know anything about this game, man. Like, all we've seen is a PNG file. You know, that's all. Mm-hmm. And, we have, you know, and that, that's it. So it, it's really just so hard for me to, to kind of say that's going to happen. I'm going to I'm going to just sit on the fence on this one because honestly Nate I, I don't know you know like well I we, mean we should have we should have heard more about Metroid Prime 4 by now and we've heard think, zero think about dread mm-hmm. didn't know it existed officially until right. June and it was available 3 months later I mean that's that is true that is true so kind of and now I I know maybe the suggestion of Prime 4 coming out this calendar year or before the conclusion of March 2024 would go yeah. against Chris Dring's no heavy hitter comment. Right. But as he said, he doesn't consider Metroid Prime a heavy hitter. And yeah. I understand up to before Dread, no game had come close to 3 million sales since right. Prime 1. And no one would consider sales of 3 million heavy hitter. Yeah. But you know, for a Metroid fan, that's huge. That's a that's a huge success. So, I mean, do do you think it's fair to say that they announced Metroid Prime Four too early? Yes. Yeah, I, I I agree, and it's not a trick question. But what I'm getting at is, like, we've heard nothing <laughs> at all. You know, <laughs> between now and then, zero, absolutely nothing. Not a not any conceptual artwork. Not a trailer nothing like and i just i just don't know what state this game is in you know like with any any level of confidence where how close we are with this game i I think that's why there's been so much silence is that they are nearing the finish line i like to think i'd like to think that's i like like, to think that's true development is wrapping up they're nearing completion and it's we're going to show you it when we know we're going to hit that release date that we're going to put at the end of the trailer, there's right. not going to be a delay. We're done. We're just in those finishing stages of polishing and stuff. Yep. And you're going to be playing this game very soon. And, you know, we've seen, especially with Zelda, Zelda games, they always get delayed. And Tears of the Kingdom was not an exception to that rule. Right. I think they want to avoid that with Metroid Prime 4 because you had announced it. Oh, yeah. Rebooted development in a very yeah. public way. You don't want to embarrass yourselves with this game again. So next time you show it, next time you discuss it, it's going to be a release date and fans are going to be excited and they don't have to have concern over when is it coming? They just gave us a vague, no, it's going to be, here's the day. 
This is when you're going to play it. Get excited. If you're Arlo, relax. It's coming. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 coming. I just don't know when. Probably next fiscal. Um, but look, here's what I will say. Here's what I will commit to, Nate. Mm-hmm. We are going to hear more about Metroid Prime 4 this year. I'll, I'll give you that much. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get some official word on Metroid Prime this year, mm-hmm. whether that is um, it's coming out or whatever. I don't know, but we're gonna hear more about the game this year. I'll give you that. Yes, yeah, I'd say that one is pretty much a lock. Mm-hmm. I'm just being very hopeful that the game will release before the end of March 2024. Now, when would they announce it, and when would they show it? That is entirely dependent on when it releases. If it somehow did come out this calendar year and it was their holiday game, now obviously that would come back to the direct conversation we had earlier. You likely wouldn't wait till September, but I'm in no way suggesting that it would have to be in February. That's where that potential of a general direct in June makes sense. And, you know, that's something we can revisit in a week after the first direct airs and reevaluate that topic. Now, Nintendo does have a lot of software for 2023 that's getting DLC. We know Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is getting an expansion DLC. Pokemon mm-hmm. Scarlet and Violet will be getting their expansion DLC later this year. We have Splatoon 3 getting DLC. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting DLC. A lot of DLC. But there's also going to be, you know, full releases scattered throughout the calendar year. As I had discussed earlier this year, that made headlines, even though I was just repeating a point that I had already mentioned many months ago, is that F-Zero should be making a comeback in 2023. I'm not going to specifically say GX Remake. I'm going to go... The safer route of just, we will see F-Zero in 2023. Yeah, I mean, again, heavily rumored for last year. Probably not the right time. Look, I I think you're right. F-Zero is one of those games where um, it, it it makes sense that we'll see it come out this year. And I will say that I think it's going to be a GX remake because that is the right fit for me. I, I was actually playing GX um, a couple of weeks ago and man, it holds up really well. It would be phenomenal to play on the, on the Nintendo switch. It's almost the perfect game for the system. So I think, um, I think it's time, man, Let, let's get GX on the switch. It, it's, it's, it's too good to, uh, to not be the one for me. I think it's, I think it's the F zero <laughs> game that people, um, or that, that, that is being rumored, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was told, you know, last year that it is an F-Zero GX remaster. But just for my own sanity, I'm just going to say F-Zero will make a comeback in 2023. I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Could be the Game Boy Advance version. Why would you say that? It's a, good, it's a good one. It's a good one. I like that it's one. It's not bad. There's two of them. It's not bad. Yeah, which one are you talking about? The um, well, what was the what was the name of the second one? That was that one I didn't like as much. Um, 
Because the first one was just basically a port, right, from the uh, the Super NES version. Very similar. I gotta look this up now because I can't remember the name of the uh, the GBA game. Well, there was one that didn't release in the West. I think Maximum was- Velocity. That's the one. All right. Yeah. Then I think they had also one that didn't come out in the West because it was. Uh, I think it was kind of themed after the anime. Was it Climax? I, I believe it think, was. I think that's right. Yeah. And then there was G- GP Legend came west. Right. And then Climax never released outside of Japan. Yes. So it's been it's been 20 years since the last F-Zero released in Western markets. Just give us GX. GX is, it would, be, <laughs> would be phenomenal on the Switch. It would be its 20th anniversary. There you go. <laughs> now... The Mario movie's coming out. Yep. The obvious expectation is a Mario game. Mario hasn't had a new game on the Switch as far as a full game since Mario Odyssey back in 2017. We had the Bowser's Fury add-on, and then we had a port of new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me... I think a small scale 2D Mario makes sense for 2023. It would go go in line with the no heavy hitter comment if we want to take that as any fact. Right. But still be a quality release. I think that I think that one makes sense for 2023. Some sort of 2D Mario, some sort of Mario game, be it 2D or small scale 3D game, but a Mario game in 2023 has to happen largely because of the movie. So I've thought about this and I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think there's going to be a Mario game this year. I think what they're probably going to do is um, come up with some incentives for people to uh, purchase Mario uh, Odyssey uh, or 3d all-stars doesn't exist anymore. So you can't, you can't (laughs) get that. Um, (laughs) And I, you know, I think they're just going to either bundle tickets with the games, or just offer some incentive, or maybe there's a, a special edition um, mm-hmm. system or something. Just something. Um, I'm not really convinced there's going to be a 2D Mario tie-in with the movie, because, I mean, I, I, you mentioned a smaller release, but why? Why would it be a smaller release where when they could just make a regular Mario, even a regular 2D Mario game, for example? Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, for me, I feel like, you know, what we got from Nintendo with Mario has already happened, you know, over the last last year and a half or so. The movie, um, look, there's definitely going to be some Mario tie-in with the movie. I'm not not questioning that at all, but I think... It's probably going to be bundled with existing titles that they have. They, they may, they may look at updating something in either you know in one of their games. But other than that, I I don't I personally don't think there is a two D Mario game coming. But you know, uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about it, so um, I would also not be surprised if there was. I, I should say. What about Donkey Kong? He's <laughs> in the movie. Oh man, this is this is a tough one as well because 
you know, Donkey Kong had his anniversary, uh-huh. was it last year or the year before? Oh, um, well, I think last it was last year. year. I mean, what I'm getting at is I feel like, you know, if there was something Donkey Kong related, we would have had it by now. But Donkey Kong is one of those titles that, again, has been rumored before as something that is, is that is happening I honestly, Nate, I would probably put more stock into seeing a Donkey Kong game this year than a 2D Mario game. And that's just my personal thought. Where where are you at with Donkey Kong? What do you you think? See, Donkey Kong has kind of been that elephant in the room. Like I had heard of a Donkey Kong game in development. It's not that sexy as far as sales, is it? No. I mean, it's good. It's good. But I love it, but it's yeah. I mean, if you want to hit that twenty million mark, Donkey Kong's not going to be it for you, right? And that's the thing. Like Tropical Freeze came out, it should have sold twenty million copies, didn't, because people don't know what a good two D platformer is. And you know the thing, but the thing with Donkey Kong games is you see a lot of hype and speculation. Is that when someone says, "Oh, a new Donkey Kong game's coming out." People assume it has to be a big game. It's going to be Donkey Kong 64 sequel type stuff. Donkey Kong has long been a franchise that Nintendo has experimented with for new ideas. And you can look no further than the GameCube as Mm -hmm. an example of this. You had Donkey Konga. You had Jungle Beat. You had to play these games with bongos. I could see a creative, weird, eccentric Donkey Kong come to switch in 2023 that is just completely different than anyone's expectations. And that's what, that's what would make it not a heavy hitter. Yeah. In some person's estimation. Yeah. Quality, but not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. Donkey Kong has always been so difficult for me to really pigeonhole into where it fits in the Switch ecosystem. Um, you know, like... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You look at... You can look at Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. That is the... You know, it's kind of the higher echelon of a 2D platformer. Mm-hmm. How do you make a better game than that? Within right. that genre. Right. You really can't. So you want to do something new. Well, a 3D Donkey Kong will take a lot of time. You also want to make sure it stands out versus something like a 3D Mario game. It has to have its own identity. So maybe you don't go full 3D. You try to do something experimental, but that's going to take a lot of time to prototype, explore, really refine. So now you just go experimental. Do a unique idea that really highlights Donkey Kong, its characters, bananas, whatever you want, and you create a unique genre that's uniquely fit for Donkey Kong. And that's where I kind of like, it's not going to be a huge seller. It's not going to sell 15 million copies, but it can excite the base that it's targeting. Right. And that's where I see like Donkey Kong fitting in with something eccentric and something fresh. Now, whether or not Nintendo gives us that, yeah, we'll find out as the year progresses. But 
there's always hope for Donkey Kong. You always want Donkey Kong to become more iconic and have bigger games from Nintendo or partners. Donkey, I mean, Donkey Kong is kind of the birth of Nintendo. Yes, and in many, many ways it is. And no one would know that, the way they treat that poor guy. Mm-hmm. It's true. But, hey, maybe we'll see Donkey Kong swing into things soon. Now I have to bring up Fire Emblem. Because there's actually a new wave of rumor going around that there was another Fire Emblem game in development. And it's a game I have talked about now a few times a remake of fire emblem 4 also known as fire emblem genealogy of the holy war it remains in development i think there's a very good chance that the game does get announced this calendar year but it won't release until 2024 we just had fire emblem engage come out we know it has dlc planned throughout 2023 so i don't think we're going to get two mainline fire emblem games in the same calendar year but I do think that the potential of an announcement for Genealogy of the Holy War is very much in play in 2023, but the release date would be first half of 2024. Yeah, look, it's hard for me to really say anything here because I am i don't have much interest in Fire Emblem, um, but, you know, good for the fans if if that if that is, is, is a thing. Hopefully we get it. I know Sean is very excited. <laughs> He loves those Fire Emblem games. (laughs) Now, I want to go into just a quick bit of third-party talk. And I'm not expecting anything major from third parties in 2023. As we opened this episode with, I'm expecting this year to be kind of a wind-down year, a year of transition. And that's also going to assign and be designated to third-party development that... A lot of these developers have made that transition to PS5 and Series X hardware, and those types of games just are not possible on the Switch hardware as it stands. So in terms of major AAA tier releases, it's going to fade off. Still going to get some quality releases from partners, but generally we're not going to see third-party releases improve over previous years. It's going to more or less stay flat. You know, what's the biggest third-party game that we know of that's coming to the Switch? I guess it would be Hogwarts Legacy at this point. Would that be fair? Um, no, Final Fantasy VI is coming in the Pixel Remastered Collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Pixel Remastered Collection. You're right. That's that's a pretty big one. I mean, we well. also have a lot of games that haven't been dated, like yep. Dragon Quest III 2D HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Dragon Quest 12, I believe. Was that announced for Switch? I believe it was. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of third-party games that simply just don't have release dates yet that we could easily see in 2023 finally get an official release date for Switch. But in terms of brand new announcements from partners, you know, maybe only because I brought it up when we talked Xbox, Maybe there's that possibility if Sony hasn't secured Persona 6 that we get a Switch announcement alongside the other versions. That's entirely dependent on whether or not Sony has secured the game. But in terms of third-party exclusive games on the tier of something like a Mario Rabbids, I think those are winding down at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And 
I mean, I, I think there still will be some third-party surprises that we get for the Nintendo Switch. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree that we're probably going to start winding down on, on those things. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of small-scale surprises that, you know, they're not going to compete with something like Final Fantasy VII Remake right. or Dead Space or Resident Evil 4. They're just going to be like, oh, that's a quality release. I didn't expect that. They're going to come from smaller franchises with just modern versions. I'm expecting those types of releases over the next 12 months as the Switch slowly begins its sunset. But that's those are my predictions for the Nintendo in 2023. Some growth to NSO. New initiatives like Nintendo Selects coming back. The general schedule of how they could approach E3, how they could achieve that high sales to sales figure mile and software. It's a lot of potential software that Nintendo could come with in 2023. Just a question of will they? We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think I think this is. It's going to be one of the most interesting years in their history because we're at that point where, you know, they have one of the biggest games um, in Tears of the Kingdom that's mm-hmm. very, very close to its launch. But that you're right. They're also at a point where, you know, we're, we're on the trajectory downwards and we're starting to think about sunsetting the, the current hardware um, or at least starting that process I'm not saying that's going to happen, you know, anytime soon. And they're trying to still maintain, you know, a $20 million number um, of sales, or 20 million sales, I should say. So, you know, there's a lot of different variables here. There's a lot of different things at play and, you know, they have to make sure that everything lines up the way that they think it's going to in order mm-hmm. to to hit those milestones. And look, I think, I think they will. If they don't, they'll be very, very close to those those figures. Um, you know, they're, they're very, very uh, good at this stuff, and they've done this before. They've been in the situation before. Um, I think it's going to be a good year for them, um, even with hardware sales starting to to, to decrease and and the aging hardware um, being a thing. You know, every year that goes by, the hardware is is scrutinized more and more. But I think they know what they're doing, and I think it'll be a good year for them. I think they'll have enough here. Also, the inclusion of, like we said, you know, Game Boy on the NSO. I feel like that's something that they're going to uh, to introduce as well. I think overall, it's going to be a, a good year for them. And look, Nate, honestly, if they if they do get us Metroid Prime Four, you know, <laughs> in twenty twenty three fiscal, then it's going to be a good year for everyone that loves Metroid. Because we've been yeah. waiting, we've been waiting for such a long, long time. For it. Long time. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, even, you know, we'll end on Pokemon because I had mentioned, you know, we're going to get expansion content probably in the second half of the year for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. But do you think we have any new Pokemon this year? I'm only expecting maybe a spinoff at best. Um, I think a spinoff. I think a spinoff. Like, Look, I'm, I'm hoping they're going to take the time to patch Scarlet and Violet. Like we've only seen one patch so far, and we're in February. These, Is there another one? There's supposed to be a patch this month. 
Okay. So we'll see what that patch brings later this right. month. Hopefully it's meaningful. But yeah, as far as Pokemon, I'm only expecting a spinoff this year with the expansion for Scarlet and Violet later in the year. Um trying to think of any other Nintendo games that there's potential that maybe we skipped over. Um, like, yeah, there's the Kid Icarus rumor mm-hmm. out there. There's also the Bot and Kato's rumor. Yeah. That suggests that it could be announced this summer. Very interesting rumor if Bot and Kato's does come to Switch. I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's definitely a unique card-based RPG that not a lot of people played back on the GameCube. Kid Icarus, if those rumors are to be believed, I feel at best you'd get an announcement late in 2023, but not a release this year. Um, Feels too early for Paper Mario to release in 2023. Usually we see those every four years, so that'd be more... Something for 2024, but maybe an announcement of a new Paper Mario game. I would love a remake of Thousand Year Door on the Switch. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. I would I would love that if we got Thousand Year Door. But yeah, I think I think that's a good place to wrap up the software predictions. Unless you have any last minute ones you can think of. I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered most of them. Um, look, some of these are safe and some of these are a little out of left field. But, I mean, look, I, I think, you know, we, we covered the majority of things here. So um, I'm sure there'll be some surprises, though. Yeah, it'll always be a surprise. So the thing I'll end on is sales potential, Tears of the Kingdom. What do you mm-hmm. think it will sell Well, by the fiscal end ooh. in March 2024? So we'll Ooh. give it 10 months of sales. 10 months of sales? Ooh. Say, uh, let's say 10 months of sales, 10 million. Really that low? Yeah. Wow. What do you got? I expect Tears of the Kingdom's launch month, if not first couple of weeks, to be about 10 million. So I think come the end of March 2024, I, I'd i have it about 17. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Um, I kind of just feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to do that. It's probably not going to do um, 10 million in the first couple of weeks. I think it's going to do like 7 or 8 million, and then the remainder – is going to be the other three for the, the remaining months. But look, I could be way off. Like I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a marketing guy, you know, um, but I do, for some reason, I think it's not going to outsell Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I don't think it's going to outsell Breath of the Wild. I mean, Breath I of the Wild. I think the game is going to be more ambitious lot. overall. And mm-hmm. it may be, um, it may not, have the same impact as Breath of the Wild. I mean, in many ways, how could it have the same impact? Because that's mm-hmm. a once in a generational game that just comes comes in and and just changes the landscape of video games. You know, yeah, I, I don't like think Tears it's of going the Kingdom. To Tears of the Kingdom for me has that God of War Ragnarok kind of feel to it, where it's going to be more of the same, and we love it because it's 
It's, you know, mm. there's going to be improved systems here and there, but I think overall it's not going to reach the same level in terms of sales as Tears of the, as Breath of the Wild. See, I don't think it's going to hit the high of Breath of the Wild, which is just about 28 million right now. I think it comes in lower when all things are tallied. As far as like that impact, yeah, it's not going to have as big of an impact. Breath of the Wild at the time was revolutionary. It shook things up for the franchise. And unfortunately, with that, it also turned off a lot of people who mm-hmm. had bought and played Breath of the Wild. And they, they're very vocal even now saying this isn't what I want from a Zelda game. So there's definitely going to be a percentage of those 28 million people who will not be looking at Tears of the Kingdom because they were put off by Breath of the Wild. And, you know, that's for Nintendo to market any meaningful changes in terms of gameplay and game design to lure those people back in, be it dungeons or, you know, whatever it may be. So it's going to be interesting how the game performs in the long haul because when you looked at japanese sales breath of the wild was in the top 10 for years it took a long time before that finally dropped off and even in north america it was a continuous seller and remember back when the switch and breath of the wild launch there were more copies of breath of the wild sold than switches yes that's right and you know there was definitely that high amount of hype I think it's going to perform admirably. Just, I don't think it hits those highs of Breath of the Wild. And that's just a tall task to ask. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll do really, really well. Um, and it's going to be more of a, a slow burn um, as, as mm. well. It's just going to continue to sell. And it's going to sell very, very well. Um, so it will, it'll get 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 around the same numbers but i don't think it's gonna surpass it but i think a lot of it also has to do with you know we need to see this game as well like we need to learn more about its Mm. systems its mechanics and you know we know some things about it but you know once we learn more about the game i think we'll get a better idea about you know how we feel like it's going to uh, perform in terms of sales Mm -hmm. now we can go into the streamlabs that we have accumulated over the last couple weeks as we didn't do them in our last episode when we reacted to the Xbox Developer Direct. And our first Dreamlab question comes from Solar Pro, who donated a dollar, and they write, Nate, please don't get discouraged by morons on the message boards who try to call you out. Just know, for every person like that, there are 20 times as many people who appreciate your post and the info you provide. Stay with us and just shake off the haters. Thank you. Good advice. Then had a donation from Disney Bear, who donated a dollar and twenty-two cents, and writes, "Hi Nate, do you think it's likely that we will get Donkey Kong sixty-four and Diddy Kong Racing on Nintendo sixty-four for Switch? Those are such major N sixty-four games that it would seem wild if they never come to the service." An N64 catalog wouldn't be complete without them. Anything is possible. And Microsoft and Nintendo have been friendly when it comes to NSO. So I think Donkey Kong 64 and Diddy Kong Racing certainly have a realistic chance of coming to the service. Will they? It's hard to say, but I think hope 
can be placed. Then had a $2 donation from Mint. It writes, when do you think the next Smash Brothers will come out? It doesn't seem Sakurai is working on it right now, which means we're probably looking at 2027 at the earliest, assuming they started work on it tomorrow. What do you think? This is a tough question as well, because, you know, where do you go from Smash Ultimate, right? Like, I think that's always been the difficulty with mm-hmm. this. Um, I mean, the safe money is they just bring out an enhanced version of that, you know, um, whatever that whatever that means. I don't even know what an enhanced version of Smash Ultimate would be, <laughs> but maybe, you know, something that bundles the entire game, uh, all the DLC, all the fighters, everything into, you know, one kind of physical product or something. I, I don't really know. But, yeah, um, as far as I know, Sakurai is not working on Smash whether he's going to go back and work on another Smash game, it's hard to really say. I mean, I feel like the job's done here, but look, who knows, you know? Um, when you think um, a franchise has, has has kind of seen its conclusion, all of a sudden, you know, another iteration comes up out of nowhere. So, um, you know, we may see another something else from Smash, but I do agree that if we do, it's probably not going to be for several years at the least. Yeah, it's going to be a while, and I wouldn't be surprised if the next Smash Brothers only has Sakurai serve as a consultant. I think it's time for the franchise to move on from Sakurai, as much as that may anger individuals to hear. But the franchise is bigger than him now. He can't work on it for the rest of his life. There has to be a successor. And I think the development team at Bandai Namco, who have assisted in the development of the Wii U and Switch version has the talent and skills to take up that mantle and develop their own Smash Brothers game with Nintendo's guidance. So whether they do a reboot and they try to do their own take on the franchise, we'll find out in the coming years, but it's going to be a number of years before we see a brand new Smash game. Then had a dollar and 50 cent donation from Where is Advance Wars? Nate Is it fair to say that Nintendo's silence on this title has been completely unacceptable? The game was done last April, and we are now just a few months away from an entire year since Nintendo even acknowledged this game. Terrible management. Uh, I don't know if it's completely unacceptable. I think they've just been waiting for the right time to re-communicate their plans for the title, which should lift in the very near future. The game will come out in 2023. It's just going to be a matter of when in 2023. It could be as early as February 10th, if you want to believe in the Walmart signage rumor. Could be April, could be a little later, but it will come out this year. And when Nintendo is ready to communicate and begin the marketing for the title, it will undergo once again. But I can see the frustration of maybe they could have been a little more transparent when it came to release intent, even if it was just slapping a 2023 on their internal release schedule. When you look at the fiscal reports, just to give some indication that the game would release sometime in the near future instead of the TBA designation. 
But considering the the situation around the delay, I think they handled it the best they could. Then had a dollar donation from Mac. It says, hello, Nate. I really enjoy your podcast. Do you know when we can expect Silent Hill 2 on the PlayStation 5? Do you think it will come later this year? I hope it does. I hope it does too, even though it wasn't directed at me. But I think um, (laughs) think Silent Hill 2, what we saw at the Silent Hill event last year, looked like it was in a pretty good place as far as its development. Mm-hmm. So I, I do expect that we'll see Silent Hill 2 at some point this year. I mean, the good money is on around the Halloween time frame. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would anticipate in the second half of this year. The sooner the better. I want to. I just want to play Silent Hill 2 again. Then had a $3.33 donation from Simplicity. Where it's Hi Nate and MVG. Thanks for your podcast. They make me actually look forward to the long drives I take for work. Do you think Sony will ever cave and put all first-party games on PlayStation Network Plus along with day one releases of their first-party games like Game Pass? They will not. No, I don't expect that they will cave and do that anytime soon. If we, You can look at the recent sales of God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm, exactly. Strong exactly. That's... That's millions of reasons for them not to do that. Yep. Ben had a dollar and eight cent donation from Loke. Right. What are your predictions for Switch Online this year? Do you think we will see the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color systems on Switch in 2023? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. Uh, Game Boy, yes. I'm not sure about GBA. But yes, definitely Game Boy. Then had a $5 donation from Gideon. Right. Do you think Sony and Microsoft are already working on next generation consoles for 2028 or beyond? What is the earliest you would expect those new, new consoles? And what kind of new or interesting technologies do you think Sony and Microsoft are looking at? Yes, work is underway on successors to the PlayStation 5 and the Series X. As for when we would see them... 2028 would be a slightly longer generation than we typically see, but I mean, it's kind of splitting hairs to say 2027, but within that general time frame. as for technologies. I mean, it could be anything. I, for be technology me, that I, doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. Look, I think for me, it's, it's going to be trying to figure out ways to run games better with less. That makes sense. So it's not going to be, um, you know, balls to the wall, hardware, 8K, ray tracing, you know, um, with a huge power draw. I you're, think, you're thinking FSR, DLSS yeah, type you, solutions. You're taking advantage of reconstruction technologies, upscaling technologies, AI implementations. We see, oh. we see the dawn of chat GPT. Um, we haven't even leveraged the power of that as far as you know what it's capable of doing. I think that whatever comes next is going to be um, is going to be more performant than what we have. It's going to run better, of course, because it's a generational leap. 
but it's going to do it in such a way where it's not just going to have a five gigahertz, 16 core processor, if that makes sense. I think it's going to be smarter. It's going to take advantage of GPU technology, modern GPU rendering technology. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I think that's going to be the continuation of, of video games and, and the hardware that, that we'll, we'll start to see um, over the next few years. That's just my, my thoughts. I mean, um, it could go either way. I mean, we could get a, a 8K system. You know, 8K televisions could be uh, a commonplace in the household by then. And there could be 8K consoles. So uh, it is it is uh, something that mm -hmm. I'm thinking about as well. But if I was to, to guess, it's going to be about doing more with with um, technology that is right now is is very, very good but we haven't really seen its true capabilities, especially on the console side. I mean, DLSS is obviously on the PC, FSR as well. We've seen some glimpses of FSR on console, but mm. yeah, I think it's going to be about, you know, making things look good and play good with less. That makes sense. Yeah. More simplified processes. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, technology advances so quick that in 2027, we're going to have technology that is sci-fi in 2023 or something that we don't even know exists yet. So it's hard to say what type of technologies they would be chasing. You could easily make an argument for augmented reality to become more standard, but that is dependent on other technologies to mature and evolve. There's the possibility that maybe a platform holder would make something like VR a standard come 2028, but that would also, again, be dependent on VR, VR technology coming down in price and becoming standard. There's a lot of variables at play, but I think as like MVG has mentioned, FSR, DLSS, those types of things, they're going to continue to evolve and allow great performance from less. And I think that is going to be the area that these platforms focus on. And even these you know, the GPU makers, NVIDIA, AMD. It's all about the technology they can bring to hardware. And we're going to see other refinements in controller technologies, be it adaptive triggers, haptics, the continue innovations of accessibility controllers. A lot of things with input, mm -hmm. I think, will be something that we see a focus on is how we actually interact with games. And had a dollar seventy nine cent donation from STK. It says, "Hey Nate and MVG, I'm curious. What do your primary gaming setups look like? What TV do you use, and how big is it? Do you have surround sound, sound bar? I would love to hear the details of your main gaming setups where you play most of your games." So I have a sixty five inch LG OLED, which is um, is awesome. I bought it at the start of the generation. So when the Series X and the PS5 came out at the end of uh, 2021, I, uh, is that right? 2021 or 2020? 2021. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I, I, got the, I got the television then because I knew it was basically the TV that I wanted because it had the HDMI 2.1, so it supported um, VRR and all those kind of emerging technologies. And I don't have a sound bar at all. I just 
basically route my sound through the television, which is not ideal, of course. But I usually just listen um, through headphones. So I have um, the Bluetooth headphones for my Xbox and also have the Pulse headphones for the PS5. So if I'm playing games, like right now I'm playing Dead Space, for example, on the PS5, I'm just using my headphones for that. And that is more than... um, good enough for me. Uh, so I, I have a pretty simple setup. I don't have any sound bars, any surround sound systems or anything else like that. Just basically just have the television and the consoles and pair of headphones. Yeah, I just have a 48-inch LG CX that I got in 2021 when they went on sale. I don't have a sound bar or surround sound. I just use the TV speakers. Um, it's a pretty simple setup and as like mvg mentioned i mostly got the tv because it's oled has 120 hertz had all the modern features hdr and stuff and my last tv before that was a 42 inch samsung 1080p that i bought it's a, it's a 3d 1080p mm-hmm. that i bought around the time the ps3 was getting 3d games like shadow of the colossus and stuff so this tv will last me the next 15 years before i even consider an upgrade i don't care if 16k is standard by then i don't upgrade anything until the tv i had at the time is basically broken i mean i had a samsung was a dlp for like 10 years right had to to change that bulb out a lot i also weighed like 200 pounds <laughs> but it was cool in 2007 <laughs> yeah yeah <I> bet. <laughs> then had a two dollar and fifty cent donation from salt and straw do you see cd cpdr being required being acquired by sony and microsoft in the future with witcher 4 cyberpunk 2 and a new triple a rpg ip all on the table in the years ahead. It seems like they would have some huge games coming. Could be a nice acquisition for someone. I think CD Projekt Red is safe from any acquisition. I agree. I think they're doing just fine without um, being acquired. They're very, very profitable. They survived the Cyberpunk 2077 Mm -hmm. um, debacle. You know, the share price did take a hit. There were unhappy investors it didn't look good for a while. They've, they've weathered that storm. Um, they've announced new games. You know, moving to Unreal Engine. Uh, look, there's. I think they're in a pretty good place at the moment. Mm-hmm. Then had a two dollar donation from Everglazed. Ritz Camelot has a Mario Golf and tennis game on Switch. Another sports game seems unlikely, right? Could they maybe be going back into the catalog and doing something with Golden Sun? Or are we getting more Mario sports games? There, there's been some talk about Golden Sun recently, Nate. Do you, do you think there's any anything there? I'd be surprised if Golden Sun made a return. I mean, I could see it making a return eventually. But I don't think in the immediate future that sun is rising. I agree. That sun is well and truly set. Like, it's a good RPG. It has some nostalgia value, but, you know, 
I don't know if now is the right time for Golden Sun. I think you really need to innovate with that franchise if you're going to justify bringing it back. It also needs to have sales potential. You're not going to do this big RPG like Golden Sun for Switch and do all of it for it to sell a million copies. You want to see some meaningful growth. But maybe, maybe one day we see Golden Sun come back. Then had a $3 donation from Ryber525. Since the Wii U ports of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess didn't come last year, is there a chance that they'll come this year, even with no. Tears of the Kingdom coming? No. Maybe 2023 is the year of the 23 Elda. Zelda. Am I on to something or reaching? I love your guys' work. Hot wieners. You're not reaching, but you're not onto something either. <laughs> this year yeah. is all about Tears of the Kingdom and nothing else as far as Zelda goes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Then had a dollar donation from Judged Vitality. Do you think next Nintendo console will be a VR headset like the all-in-one MetaQuest 2, but with an NVIDIA SoC and hand motion controls. I think this would take Nintendo titles like Mario and Zelda to new gameplay mechanics, also Metroid and Mario Kart. None of that's going to happen. I'd be very interested for it to happen, because if VR ever becomes a standard means of engaging with games, VR could evolve and actually have a strong base in the industry. But no company is at the point where they're going to take that gamble. Right. Unless you're like meta and don't care about losing billions of dollars. Yep. But it would be an intriguing idea. Mario Kart and VR. Hmm. Then had a dollar donation from Thug Dog. Right. Almost a year ago, MVG reported on Nintendo Switch custom firmware called Vita 2 Haas. Yep. Which allows PlayStation Vita, Vita to run natively on Switch hardware. My question is, could a developer rely on the Vita 2 Haas compatibility layer when porting Vita games to Switch? Persona 3, perhaps? They absolutely could rely on it. Um, I'm just looking at the, the webpage now because I haven't been there in a long, long time. Um. And there has been some updates there. I'm going to take another look at it because when I first report on it, it was very, very early. But yeah, to answer your question, the that would be the intent of something like this where you could potentially have um, games running on that trans translation layer. Very, very similar to what we've seen with PS4 emulation running on PC and other things that have come up in recently in the emulation community. But yeah, that would be the intent and... In a perfect world, that would be able to work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and yeah, there's been a few updates, and I haven't looked at this in a while, so I may uh, may revisit it and uh, provide some updates in on my channel um, over the coming months. So stay tuned. Then had a dollar thirty three cent donation from Earl. Writes Nate and MVG. Physical game sales have dwindled, while digital downloads are now dominant. Do you ever see cloud gaming doing the same thing to digital downloads or does cloud gaming have too many drawbacks and limitations to become the main way to play? It has too many drawbacks and limitations yep. to become the main way to play. I think cloud exactly. gaming will always be complementary 
through digital yep. downloads. You know, you know when cloud gaming is cool is when you, you travel on the road and uh, you're in another town, you're in a hotel that has Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi isn't particularly great. It's it's decent. And you're like, man, I wish I brought my uh, my my console with me or my Switch, whatever, um, or my Xbox. But of course, you can't just lug around an Xbox, right? What's cool is you can you can jump on some cloud gaming and have a decent experience that way. That's where I see the value of cloud, where basically, you know, you're in a situation where um, you have a decent connection, but you don't have the hardware on hand. You can still play games, and if if that service synchronizes up with your account, you have access to your saves. Then you can continue playing games from anywhere, and I think that's the that's the key thing. But man, as soon as you get home, or as soon as you get back to um, you know where you play your games. You're turning on your your console. You're you're playing native games on your console. That that is why consoles exist. So for me, the cloud's always been a complement com, complementary service, and I think that's not going to change at any point. Mm-hmm. And then had a two dollar donation from Chicken Guy. Why is PlayStation Plus Premium so bad? The value is awful for what it is being offered. The BC library is terrible, and game trials are only offered for like 20 games. Shouldn't every Sony game have a trial available? And Sony doesn't seem to care to make it better. Man, I don't really know what's happening with PlayStation Plus Premium, honestly. I don't really know. But I agree with with, with the... Uh, the super chat and that is it should be a much higher quality we've seen no playstation 2 games yet zero ps2 titles so i agree with that it it, as far as value goes right now it's it's not particularly good no yeah it's not a great value i almost wonder if the numbers aren't where sony wants them to be and that's has led them to kind of curtail some of the support they were planning or at least they're not investing as heavily as they were originally right forecasting so it seems as though there's something behind the scenes that is holding this back it's if sony knows it has greater potential than what is being offered it's just a question of why is that potential not being tapped then had a $2.50 donation from Sprinkles. If you had to bet right now, when do you think the PlayStation 6 and the next Xbox will release? It feels like this gen hasn't even started yet, so I don't think we'll get new consoles until 2028 at the earliest. What do you guys think? Is 2030 possible or too late? I mean, this was similar to a question that someone else asked. Hmm. 2027, 2028 timeframe kind of... Yeah, feels about right to me for this. The thing is, is I understand like you can look at 2020 and all these cross generation games and the lack of exclusives we've had on the hardware up to this point and say, well, it's going to last longer than a current generation. The generation is dictated by the technology that becomes available and when the manufacturer wants to bring new hardware to market. And they're already looking at new technologies and refining what they've already put onto market. And if they can put out a new system in 2027, the new system's coming out in 2027, regardless of the current hardware still having 
plenty of gas left in the tank. That's just the unfortunate reality. But if that has a long cross-generation period, maybe you won't have to buy a PlayStation 6 until 2029 or, 20, or 2030. Then had a $4 donation from Paddlefish. Hey, Nate. Do you think we get a new Donkey Kong and Star Fox game on the Switch before Nintendo releases their next-gen hardware, whatever form that takes? It seems like a spiritual successor to Donkey Kong 64 would be wildly popular. Bring back DK and Fox. Donkey Kong, yes. Star Fox, I think, is unlikely on the current generation. Yeah. I think you're right. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G. MVG once said Final Fantasy 3 is his favorite in the series. Fancy sharing some thoughts on the game? Did I say that? Yeah, I don't Did I say Final Fantasy 3? I guess so. Uh, I, want, <laughs> I, want, I, want, I, want, I want receipts on that, Jackie like, G. Let, me know, that. Uh, let me know what, what episode I said that. <laughs> I mean, I like Final Fantasy 3, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's my favorite in the series. It's it's up there, but I don't know. Um let's uh let's let's go to the videotape on that one. Let us know uh where you heard that. <laughs> then had a $5 donation from The Importer. Hi guys, quick question regarding Nintendo and their current hardware. You think the Switch could live for another two years with a decent price drop, bringing back Nintendo Select titles and porting old GameCube, Wii, DS, and 3DS games to it? Cheers. It's, it's like this guy listened to our episode without listening to our episode. Mm. I think it could. The answer is yes. And some of those initiatives we've already talked about and we expect them to happen um, mm-hmm. starting this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think another two years is definitely possible. And had a $3 donation from South Coast Horizon. In January, how do you say the Tekken guy's name in Smash Brothers? Kazuo? Rada? No. Kaz- Kazuo? Oh, oh, oh Kaz- uh, Kazuo? Kazuo? All yeah. right. In January, Kazuo and Sephiroth got Amiibo release, and Player 2 Corrin got a reprint. They were hard to find, but Nintendo's store had them. While winding down, do you think we'll ever see reprints of Hard to find, like corn. Joker is now the most expensive. I think it's possible. I don't, know. I don't know enough about Amiibo to. I mean, Nintendo seems to do some reprints at very random times of some of the more rare Amiibo. So, I mean, it's possible that they'll do a reprint of some select Amiibo over the next year or so, depending on how long the Amiibo line continues to. I guess produce. We then had a $3 donation from lap 64. Hey guys, love the channel and all your content. I have noticed the dock has a vent on the back part that connects to the front where the switch is docked. Is it possible that Nintendo starts to sell a fan that can be placed to be able to unlock a boost mode? No, no, it'd be cool. Imagine you like you dock your switch, you boot it up, and you have the fan installed. When you turn it on, does you got boost power? 
Like that'd be oh, cool. Yeah. Then you crash into a wall, it blows up. Said <laughs> <laughs> have a dollar donation from Liam Warner. Are meaningful summer Nintendo Directs dead? Nintendo didn't do one last year when E3 was gone. No, the partner direct doesn't count. If you want good running third-party games, get a PS5 or Xbox. And according to reports, Nintendo is skipping E3 this year. I don't think they are dead. It's just a matter of is the timing important to Nintendo? If Nintendo has something to market within that window, they'll continue to have general directs in the June slot, regardless of E3 and their presence. If Nintendo feels as though they can wait till September to further detail their second half of a calendar year, they'll wait till September, or they could even host one in August. Nintendo is the one who creates the schedule so they can host a summer direct whenever they feel. And our final question for this week comes from Oni Link 97 who donated $5 and they write, Hey, Nate and MVG, hope you both are well. Love the show, always great. Just wanted to ask about Fire Emblem Engage and with the credits available, it seems like Gust wasn't involved. What happened there? Are they in fact helping with Fire Emblem 4 Remake instead? So I never heard of Gust being involved with Engaged. I know it was reported that they were involved now whether they may have had some uncredited work as we do see in this industry that is a possibility there is also the possibility they just weren't involved with the title but i don't really have any answer on that i guess you could just take the credits at face value that they're not involved in it but when you do look at the game it does seem to have some of their visual flair but yeah, I really don't have a any answer to to provide any additional clarity on that front. And that was the final Streamlabs question for this week. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more and we will dedicate the episode to you. I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, for joining me, as always. Always a pleasure, Knight. Thanks for having me on. And if you like this episode, be sure to give the video a like. If you didn't give it a dislike, let us know your thoughts on Nintendo in 2023 in the comments section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.